to SFTC Consultant, the podcast where we have open discussions with Salesforce consultants, administrators, and architects. Today, we are speaking with Mendicus Savici, a Salesforce consultant at Empower, which is a Salesforce consultancy that provides services to the financial sector and hyper-growth companies. In this discussion, we cover the best way to get into Salesforce, the insights of a consultant's time management, and how best to plan and achieve your accreditations. My Salesforce journey began as an accident, just sort of fell into it. Uh, I, I seem to hear that a lot, which is quite interesting. Um, so it actually began when I was studying for my uh, business marketing degree at University of West London. Um, I first kind of was looking for a job to help me, you know, pay for my courses, kind of, you know, get, get some food, uh, just as students do. Uh, so I landed a, a database administrator job. It was my first like first job, anything to do with computers, anything like that. Didn't know what a database administrator is. I had some like coding experience from playing Minecraft and doing some Java code. You know, just um, just kind of playing around, and and they they like that. So I stayed there for a bit over a year, and I overheard that the team uh, kind of next to us, uh, who were organizing events, uh, they were introducing this new CRM platform that I've never heard before, Salesforce, you know, I don't know what that is, but, but it sounded quite interesting and they needed someone who's a bit more techy, has some kind of experience uh, with systems to help them implement that. And so they reached out to me and they said, you know, can you uh, kind of have a look at the proposal that Salesforce were kind of trying to pitch? Um, they offered some consultancies, you know, does this make sense? Um, and so I had a look through that and I thought, well, this doesn't seem that difficult. So some YouTube videos, this, that, and I thought, okay, well, uh, it's probably something that I, I I could do, so you know I offered kind of my services to that, and they gracefully accepted that, and so I just fell into this um, part-time Salesforce admin, part-time organizing events and kind of assisting in general um, role, and that was uh, almost two years ago now. Um, so yeah, that's how it's kind of started. Uh, I was just stumbling around, <laughs> didn't know what I was doing much. You know, a lot of uh, YouTube searches, a lot of going to uh, the community for help. Um, but after a year, you know, we, we did implement Salesforce successfully. Everyone enjoyed it. Um, and it really caught my attention. I think the, the, the biggest thing I enjoyed about Salesforce, and that's how I knew I wanted to stay there after I graduate, is um, how easy it was to actually set up the system without having any uh, developer experience, right? I didn't need to code uh, if I wanted to change the UI or if I wanted to automate something. It was pretty straightforward, and I really enjoyed that aspect. Um, so as soon as I graduated, uh, you know, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I tried to look for other Salesforce jobs, applied for like a load of admin jobs. Um, it was difficult because, you know, I didn't have any certifications back then. I had like some part-time experience with Salesforce. So understandably, uh, with um, uh, even though there's a lot of opportunity in the market, uh, there are quite a lot of experienced people um, that, you know, companies would rather hire. Um, so in the end, I actually ended up... Um, going for a support executive role, which was basically just answering tickets, right? Uh, whenever um, uh, people had issues, I would pick that up, kind of see what's going on and and, and, and fix it. Uh, so that was my first full-time role with Salesforce. It's just <laughs> just working as a support executive, which isn't as, as kind of glorified as admins are. But I think actually um, I've been asked before by people, you know, how do I get into Salesforce? Uh, I think volunteering or going for something like a support role is actually a really good thing to consider. Um, you know, everyone knows, uh, everyone sees that the admin path as almost the beginning, which is not always the case, right? If you don't have the experience, 
um, you might not be able to land that job. Um, so for me personally, going through support is is how I got into uh, how I got into the ecosystem, and then from then on, um, that was by the way about May 2018, I believe. So not that far uh, not that far ago. Uh, but since then, you know, I've I've received I've got 11 certifications. I'm an application architect now, chasing my system architect, um, and I've, I've I've gone through jobs quite a bit. Uh, so uh, the the company where I became the support executive. Uh, within a year, I got promoted to a solution executive, which is where I started doing more of the config, um, almost doing like an admin role. And then uh, in the start of 2019, um, I went to work for a financial institution as a CRM manager. Um, and again, uh, there I was solely responsible for their Salesforce instance. It wasn't a huge organization, about um, 70 users or so, so quite a small instance. Uh, but that was my first experience of actually managing someone else. So I had another admin that was responsible and that was really great experience. Um, however, <laughs> that job is what helped me decide that I wanted to go into consulting um, because after staying for seven months uh, within that job, even though I enjoyed the aspect of having more responsibility and you know being able to take on projects and you know I had that uh, final say, so to say, um, I was I was missing what's a good word for this I, I was I was kind of missing the um, more projects and more setup because what I noticed with uh, my journey through kind of end users working for end users rather than consultancies is that while you do have projects they tend to be kind of small iterations right so you don't do uh, a brand new implementation or anything like that it's very rare that that happens most of the time you're fixing stuff you're you know you're expanding your process builder, you're adding a new bit to a flow, stuff like that, which is all great. But uh, after some time, I just didn't feel challenged, right? Uh, I just felt like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Um, so I thought, how do I get to my goal of being a solution architect, right? I need more experience. I need to, I need to have project experience, especially. Um, so that's when I decided um, in basically like January um, 2020, um, uh, I, that was my plan to go into consultancy. Um, it just so happened that my old company decided to merge with another company and some things happened that I actually ended up uh, kind of moving away from that before the end of end of the year. Um, and so for about four months now, I've been in consulting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've been really enjoying it. Uh, it. So far it's provided, I would say within those four months, I've learned more than I have within the past two and a bit years uh, before that. It's been really great experience. You know, you're constantly switching between projects. Um, you're having to manage your time um, and constantly, you know, having to pick up new skills. Um, but yeah, that's been the past. Yeah, so yeah. Interesting, interesting. I mean, quite quite, quite a similar story, to be honest, because on, on my side, when I started for uh, for an ISV, um, I was doing tickets, basically. I was doing uh, support and, and the company that I was working with, they were providing like procurement or analysis level, you know, application. So... It's it's my background in procurement actually got me the job, not really anything else because I didn't know Salesforce or anything like that. So my background in procurement got me that job. I spent probably like a year and and that's where the coin drops. Like, oh my God, well, you know, forget the procurement stuff. Look at this, look at this system. You know, this can do a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I guess you probably, I don't know, I'm just thinking like three, four years ago, it would have been a, a tad, tad bit a more more difficult in terms of getting without experience to get an admin job, um, 
I mean, right now you do have things like Trailhead. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of people were like, okay, well, you don't have any experience. How many badges do you have? You know, people kind of, you know, question that or ask that to see, uh, you know, are you just learning for the exam or are you actually doing some some additional reading on, on your side? So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that, that, that's interesting. Um, the first thing I wanted to kind of ask uh, on this, so you've made this decision to get into consulting. Uh, so probably... Um, again, something that I can re really relate there is um, the difference between consulting or implementation versus end user, um, you know, experience where like end user, you are correct. You know, you're just doing iterations, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you're just fixing or doing iteration or someone else comes and says, now I need to, I, I need a pick list field. And, and everyone makes a big fuss out of it, uh, you know, in terms of the value. But for you as, a, as the person that does it, it's just a pick list. It's, not, it's nothing else. Um, while on consulting or implementation, that, that's, that's, a different, that's a different kind of um, skill set. But what I was going to ask is, what was your, you know, what was your plan? And, and how did you, I guess, not really how did you approach it, but what was the experience in terms of, okay, well, now I'm in consultancy. Um, what type of gaps did you potentially identify or what type of paths did you identify to say, well, okay, well, probably this particular skill set needs on my side needs to be improved or this is important. Like you mentioned, one time management, presumably for consultants, is that a billable, a billable time and all of that? You kind of need to keep an eye on that. Yeah, definitely. I think... Time management was, you know, one thing when you're working for an end user, you, you're working nine to five and within those hours, uh, you have your project that you're working on. And then, you know, if, you know, you, whatever you haven't finished, you can do it the next day. Um, you know, you have timelines, but usually you can kind of move those around and it's a bit more lenient. Um, when you're a consultant, right, some, uh, your client is paying for your hours, uh, which is very important. So they want to keep track of what you're doing, right? They, they want to see how are those hours being spent. And at the same time for you, you don't want to be taking... Uh, you know, 10 hours to make a flow when you could do that with a process builder, process builder in two, two hours or possibly even pass it on to a dev uh, to create a trigger for that. Um, so it's very important to make sure that you, you have a, a plan of how to use your hours. And one of the most difficult things when I started uh, with consulting was the workload because as an end user, again, you're working on one platform that you're familiar with, right? It's a system that you know in and out. Uh, you've worked on it, you've made the changes, uh, chances are, uh, you know, you're, you're very good uh, at knowing what's where. With consulting, um, you know, as soon as I joined, I think I got thrown like four different projects uh, to work on. And so that means you're working on four different instances. Um, you don't know, you know, how are fields being used? Uh, what's the data model? It takes time to get used to that. And while you do have uh, clients, you know, you can always ask your clients, how are you using this? How are you using that? A lot of the time, the people you're speaking with, the you know the executives, they don't even know, uh, right? They're not technical, so for them, they know what the requirement, you know, they, they know what they need from a business perspective. I want the system to do this for me. They don't care how you do it. They don't care what it's going to affect, um, and so it's up to you to kind of navigate that landscape and and figure things out, um, which is where I think most of my learnings have have come from. Is how do you manage that? You know, what tools can you use to get familiar with the with the system really quickly um so yeah that that's been a, a big a, a really really big piece um to answer this the the second part of um kind of gaps that i identified uh, apart from managing time is 
Um, so I was I was mostly focused on Sales Cloud. Uh, I think as as many people will be familiar with, you know, uh, all the previous jobs I worked with, we had Sales Cloud. Um, we worked in Classic, even though Lightning was kind of coming about, right? I, I I didn't do any Classic imp uh, any uh, Lightning implementations or anything like that. Um, and as soon as I joined, my first project was switching from Classic to Lightning. Uh, quite a complex org, a lot of kind of JavaScript buttons, this and that. Um, and so how do you how do you manage that? And on top of that, they were using Sales Cloud, Service Cloud, and Marketing Cloud, and Pardot at the same time. So it's a, it's a really complex implementation that you don't necessarily think about when you're working for an end user, right? Um, like um, I've worked for I worked for my previous companies. We had integrations with Marketo, uh, et cetera, but that was all set up when I joined, right? I didn't need to take care of that. It was all working. Um, whereas here, when you're when you're doing kind of switches or implementing new things, so we were actually implementing DocuSign for them as well. You know, I, I didn't I didn't have any experience with that, right? I don't know. I, did, I have never switched to Lightning. I know what it is. I've done some trailhead. Um, I, you know, I know how to use it. Um, but then the big thing there is how do you um, kind of ensure your 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 clients that you're confident, right? Because you can't. What I just told you, I wouldn't say that to my client, right? <laughs> That's not something you want to you want to do because you want to distill confidence and and the fact that you're uh, you know you can do this. Um, so I think it's very important to understand where your skill sets are. Um, I knew that, you know, even though I didn't have experience with that, I, I was familiar with the platform. I know I can figure it out. You know, how hard can it be to install DocuSign? There's a lot of material out there. Um, so it was just the case of taking it one step at a time. Uh, so the, the Lightning migration that I did, it went actually really well. It's, it's one of my most successful projects since I began. Um, and it was all thanks to just um, making sure that, you know, you plan your time accordingly. Uh, I've gone. Th I, I went through the things I can do, right? So all the all the simple things that switching to Lightning comes. I did all that. Then I started really doing up on DocuSign. How do you implement that? There's a lot of resources out there. Did that, um, and then in the end, it kind of all um, came about together. But again, it was a huge learning experience for me. Um, and again, that that's the biggest thing that I've gotten out of consulting uh, so far. Is is you don't realize how vast the ecosystem is. How many different uh, solutions different um, clients use, right? Uh, things like Conga, DocuSign. You hear about them as an end user, you might not necessarily use them because it's all about costs. Um, so I know personally, uh, at one of my previous roles, we were looking to introduce some integrations. In the end, that got scrapped because there was no budget for it. And that just, again, that was one of the things that added to my frustration and uh, led me to go to do consulting because, you know, if, if you want to develop at a certain point, you need to have exposure to multiple projects. Uh, and these these different uh, applications. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. And uh, to be honest, quite recently, I've um, I've ended up in in the same in the same situation because up to this point, or up to probably up to like two three years ago, I've only done uh, ISV implementations. Uh, so I would just you know pick up an app and and you know install it in a scratch org or like a brand new org or install it into an existing uh, an existing org, and I would just you know it is what it is, just leave it there. Um, but then now, um, I, I've done a, I've done a contract where, um, they basically have a sales cloud service cloud, um, over 300 users, uh, which my biggest, my biggest rollout by that point was, um, I don't know, probably like a hundred and 150 or 300 users. They already had their role hierarchy in place. They had over 20 profiles. They had queues, they had email services. And they were trying to implement Pardot, and and it was it was actually at the beginning of the year when, um, uh, beginning of last year when when they had the not sure if you're familiar with connector version one, connector version two, 
with Pardot. And it's like, oh my God, what is this? You know, why can't I just, you know, why can't you just give me that? It's like, well, Pardot, that's not how it works. Well, why doesn't it work that way? Uh, so yeah, but up to that point, I was confident with the platform, but the iteration of, of products uh, combined, it, it was, was just, just a tiny bit um, over my head, but you know, all the forums and, and, and all of that trailhead and videos and, you know, Salesforce, YouTube channel and all of that, they kind of uh, deliver that. Uh, but what I was going to follow up, you, you mentioned something there in terms of um, situations where you're basically thrown at these instances. And when you build something yourself from scratch, then I can understand, you know, you know exactly everything and you document it, et cetera. But when you receive an org which already has one year in production or two years in production, um, that probably has gone through two or three iterations depending on the business. So you will have fields that have been used, but they're not used right now, but they're referenced. Then you can't delete this, you can't delete that. What is your, what's kind of the process that you take in terms of trying to, because you mentioned that you're probably using some, some additional tools for that or, or some approaches in terms of trying to understand the object model, understand, you know, what's referenced there and, 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 you know, kind of try to, you know, untangle basically, because that's what you're trying to do, just untangle it first to know how to put it back together. Yeah, no, exactly. I think, Again, your approach depends on what your client wants because sometimes uh, I would love to say that you know you always have the time to review the full org and advise the client on you know how can th how things can be cleaned up. Um, but if the client has given you ten hours to accomplish something, you, you might just not have the time for that, and they don't care that you know they have an X amount of fields or X amount of installed packages that they're no longer using. Um, if they don't see you know their system isn't slow um, and everything's working in in their world, that's fine. They just want the change that they requested from you. Um, so my approach usually is to focus on what the client has asked, right? Make sure you, you can deliver that. Um, and then if you can, uh, if you have the time or as a result of you making changes, you can also improve what's existent in there. Then that's great, right? You should always, I, I try to go that extra step, um, to try and uh, make sure that, you know, best practices are being followed. If I'm working on a process builder and I can see that there's hard coded IDs, you know, uh, it doesn't, it's not going to take me a long time to go ahead and fix that. And make sure I'm using custom metadata types and and referencing that and etc. Um, so that's that's my my approach usually. Um, recently, I think um, I'm noticing as um, you know, Salesforce has been around for a while, and so as a result, you get more and more clients who have had Salesforce implementations for four or five years, uh, and they've gone through multiple consultant partners, they've gone through multiple admins, um, and so recently, I have noticed an increase on clients actually coming to consultants and asking them to review their data model, review what's going on behind the hood and give them recommendations, which I think is a really good thing. Uh, I, I, you know, if anyone's here listening who hasn't done that and they have a MSC org, I do recommend that. Um, so that's actually one of my favorite projects to work on is, um, you know, kind of having a look what's going on behind the scenes, you know, how many uh, unused fields do you have? How many packages do you have? You know, how many triggers do you have that are needed? Automation, et cetera. Um, I think it's very important to to keep track of that, and and you know I love doing reviews uh, of of I'm, I'm a bit of a data nerd, so uh, you know I like looking at, at data, how are fields being used, using things like Field Trip, uh, you know um, have a report on on what you're using, how can you fix it, you know is your security in place, are you using 2FA, um, all, all this sort of thing, uh, you know as someone who wants to be a, a solution architect, that's important to me to understand. I like understanding how different uh, different systems are set up. Um, how is their data model? Is it efficient, right? Do we have um, too many lookups, too many massive detail relationships? It, it's something that I enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. Um, 
kind of similar to that to be honest i've had i've had a, a situation where a project that i'm still kind of in, in the midst of um where a, a, a different consulting partner kind of came in and they 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 produced a object model which which was actually a very good object model but then afterwards for some particular reason which which i'm not aware and the client is not really aware either they scrapped that object model. They left the objects in there, but they scrapped all of that. And I think they had about five different types of data and they only put it on one object and they created multiple record types and a lot of validation rules uh, mm-hmm. and, and page layouts and all of that. And then I thought, and, and they called the synth with this type of uh, approach. It's like, can you come in, You know, can you just review and just provide some recommendations? And I said, oh, I think we should break this object into multiple objects. Um, and then when I go to the object model, the objects are already there. I was like, well, they're here. Why haven't they used it? There wasn't any custom code. There wasn't anything. Um, but again, that, that was just a mystery. So I guess, you know, in, in terms of that, you are correct. It's probably more common because people, you know, let's be honest, kind of Salesforce is, is not cheap in terms of licenses. Um, so people are trying to, you know, get the most out of, uh, get the most out of what, what they, what they pay for. Um, Something that I wanted to kind of you know just dial back and just kind of you know t- take take from from the beginning is the fact that you're working right now for a company that you guys specialize. Um, presume again, I presume from what I've read and all of that, you can mm-hmm. correct me if I'm if I'm potentially wrong. But you guys kind of specialize in in kind of you know the financial sector. If you may, if 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 you know not not sure if it's too broad or too niche in terms of my uh, characterization, um, but. What I want to understand is is for that sector specific, you know, what are people looking for? Because um, I don't know. Somehow, in my mind, is is things like potentially compliance. Uh, presumably, if you're doing if you're doing something with um, I don't know, like insurance or anything like that, you may do like leads, um, you know, scoring leads, all of that. So I'm trying to understand what are these guys looking for, and and how do you approach um, you know, let's just say. A, a fresh implementation or something that that you need to that you need to improve. Yeah, no, you uh, you're right. I think we are more of a focused on that uh, specific vertical. We're not spreading out horizontally too too much. So, um, kind of financial services, startups uh, is is where we feel comfortable in. Um, personally, no, um, I have I had quite a bit of um, financial experience because, like I said before, I joined the consultancy. You know, I, I worked in a financial uh, institution. Uh, for almost a year, so everything like you, uh, everything that you said, especially compliance, definitely applies, uh, right? When you're working with uh, any financial institution, there's a lot of complicated um, compliance uh, criteria. You know, based on what country you're working in, what jurisdiction. Uh, for example, Luxembourg is always a big one that comes up uh, because of specific uh, kind of data uh, legal reasons that they have. So, yeah, compliance tends, uh, tends to be quite a big thing. But also the one thing that I noticed um, when I first got kind of introduced to financial services is how, (laughs) like overall, how resilient to change they are, Uh, right? If you think about if you think about financial financial services, they haven't adapted much over time, right? There's not much need for many of them. Um, It's kind of been changing recently with kind of more and more digitalization, uh, and that's kind of coming about. And and again, that's somewhere where startups are really innovating and it's it's kind of interesting to see what, what's going on there. Um, but when you look at the, some of the bigger uh, projects that I've personally worked on, 
a lot of the time it's just um, cleaning up, you know, security, cleaning up again data models, making sure that everything's, uh, you know, if, if if something's important, is it being is it being uh, encrypted correctly, um, that sort of thing. And a lot of the time, um, financial institutions seem to have um, a lot of legacy systems that often uh, they've created themselves, right? So it's not they're not using a, a well-known partner. So a lot of integration usually. Uh, quite a lot of integration work, a lot of data remodeling and, and data work as well. Uh, that tends to be the main ones. Um, I wouldn't say, I think most of my exciting projects have definitely not come from, from financial institutions. I can tell you that that much. Uh, they tend to be a bit more uh, conservative and kind of make small small iterations usually. Yeah, 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 makes sense, makes sense. Um... In terms of in terms of your your training, because you said you're kind of working uh, your your way on on the other side of the pyramid, I guess, in terms of the systems architect, you're already an application architect. Um, I was going to say, how do you approach how do you approach exams and how do you approach um, you know learning and training? Because they're kind of you know the two sides of the spectrum with this, and I've he I've heard stories and stories, and you know if you, if you're spending five minutes on Reddit success community youtube video comments etc all of that you're gonna hear well i need exams they're not important but yes they are but you need to take those certifications at the right time in your career and all of that there so there's a big debate around that you know i'm gonna leave that for the forums uh, <laughs> to happen but specifically to kind of your 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 approach because you've um you know right now you've been probably about two two three years something like that between two and three years in in, in this uh, and you're already on your second side of the pyramid, um, uh, working your way through that. Um, so I was going to say, how, how do you approach in terms of um, when do you kind of you know feel ready that okay, I'm going to take the next exam, or you know a, a section? Do you you know wait for a particular project to provide you some hands-on experience, or do you you know continue with uh, with, with studying that either trailhead or or you know other other resources out there? And then you back it up afterwards with with the project. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you. I definitely, um, I, I think especially recently, I've seen a lot of uh, debate around kind of what are certifications actually worth, um, and should you be focusing on that or not. Um, you know, my, my my personal view is that certifications are useful from the point of uh, kind of proving the skills that you have. And also just um, helps you to make sure that you're, you know, keeping up with what's happening in the ecosystem, uh, making sure you're maintaining your certifications. That kind of encourages you uh, to to kind of stay up to date. Um, in terms of how much uh, actual value they provide, again, I think that depends on a person, right? Because um, you could get something like an admin certification or a sales cloud consultant or service cloud consultant. And once you pass that certification, if you're not maintaining that knowledge. Um, it's kind of going to come and go, right? You're going to have that certification, but are you actually going to know how to um, do all those things? Um, that, again, depends on, on how much um, you're interested in maintaining that knowledge. Uh, for me personally, the reason I focus on certifications quite early on in my, in my career is because um, I saw a path, um, again, if, you know, I knew straight away that consultancy is where I wanted to be. Um, and as you'll know, uh, consultancy has actually put quite a lot of emphasis on certifications. Uh, it's uh, multiple reasons for that. Um, you know, one one thing is that uh, you do prove um, your skills by having those certifications. But another thing is that uh, Salesforce themselves put a lot of emphasis on having consultants who are certified, 
um, and you know, kind of the, the the more certifications you have, the, the more likely you are to be introduced to certain projects, right? Uh, if you're an architect, you have more of a chance to work on enterprise level projects. If you're an admin, probably not so much. Um, and it, you know that that's arguable, right? Because I know personally people who have been in sales for six, seven years. Uh, they have, you know, like an admin and advanced admin certifications and they haven't bothered to do anything else, but they're way, way more knowledgeable than me. And so, um, you know, why is that? Well, it's because they haven't seen the need to do those certifications, right? They, uh, they you know, they've progressed through their career perfectly fine without it. Um, you know, just because they have an admin certification doesn't mean they can't be a solution architect. Uh, it just depends, again, who's hiring and, and how that structure is in place. Um, when it comes to studying for certifications, it's actually interesting. Um, so for my uh, for my current company, we do we do learning sessions like uh, from time to time. And I actually recently did a learning session on my experience for pre preparing for certifications. So that's still kind of fresh in my mind. Um, my personal approach is, you know, the the reason I get certifications is to kind of encourage me to explore the system. Like Salesforce is so vast, right? There's so many products now. And they're constantly coming out with new things um, and things are constantly improving. And so how do you keep up with that? For me, um, you know, getting all these different certifications, let's say like a part of certification, uh, that is how I sort of encourage myself to learn these new, these new products and, and uh, make sure that I'm keeping up to date. Um, I, I love Trailhead, right? It's also, a, for me, it's a really good kind of way to relax. Uh, sometimes after work, like uh, I'll be, I don't want to look at the Salesforce instance. <laughs> I'm done, right? I've, I've had a, a difficult project, but I find that the way Trailhead is, is uh, kind of written, the articles, it's, there's a bit, a bit of humor. Uh, it's almost like a very easy reading. Um, however, I usually don't use uh, purely Trailhead to prepare because I find it, um, it kind of covers the surface, but it never really goes uh, that deep into the subject. Um, and so usually to prepare for certifications, I would use something, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of resources out there, but Focus on Force is one of one of the ones that come to mind. They have a lot of great exams. Uh, there's a lot of YouTube creators actually, which are really good. Uh, you know, the community uh, itself on Salesforce is uh, really great for sharing knowledge, um, and that's something that I've actually been thinking about recently. Is uh, kind of trying to give back um, to the community on my own part. Uh, you know, trying to think how can I, um, you know, start creating more content to kind of share my uh, share my own knowledge and um, help out others. But yeah, I mean, I've said before, I usually, my rule uh, used to be uh, the 80-20 rule is what I call, uh, which is when you use, if you're using Focus on Force, they have like mock exams. Um, and so I would usually um, focus on those mock exams until I, I'm passing with 80% accuracy uh, consistently. And that's when I know I'm ready to go and take the exam. Um, now that's recently had to change because once you go from the application architect side to the system architect, you notice that it's very scarce in terms of resources. Um, and that's that's been a really um, difficult transition for me um, because when you're used to uh, kind of using resources such as Focus on Force where you have, uh, you know, all these exams available to you, all of a sudden, the only things you have available are Salesforce help articles, which is very dry reading. Uh, it's not exactly entertaining. Um, and so it, it has been a bit difficult. I've had to change my study approach uh, but at the same time, um, it, it's been it's been quite fun because I noticed that I'm having to delve in a lot deeper into the documentation to find some of the answers, uh, and it's 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 given me um, definitely a lot more I would say 
hands-on experience than I would I would usually get, right? Some of my certifications I passed without ever logging in and trying those features out, right? I, I did these ex I did these mock exams. I knew how to do it, but I never actually tried to because I didn't need to. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of value with uh, hands-on experience, however, um, because let's take CPQ, for example. Um, I'm a certified CPQ consultant. Uh, that was a really difficult certification. And when I passed it, I was very confident, right? I, I, I thought I knew, I knew what I'm doing. Um, but then when it came to actually working on a project uh, for CPQ, all of a sudden there's all these nuances that exams just can't prepare you, right? Um, you, you know, you need to take into account what's already existing there. Uh, what sort of automation do you need around that? Uh, as you know, with Salesforce, sometimes uh, there's certain limitations that you have to kind of figure out for yourself how to, how to fix things or how to bypass things and it can be very frustrating. Um, so I think, you know, while exams are, are great, I can see both sides of the coin that, you know, if you're, if you're a certified uh, consultant, it doesn't mean that, that you're going to know all the answers, right? When it comes to an actual project implementation, sometimes experience uh, is better than um, your kind of study approach or certifications. But I think there's the, you have to have a good mix between the two. Um, I think, you know, if, 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 if you spend the time to get certified for something, um, Mixing that together with some project experience is is a great uh, is a great outcome in the end because you'll have the knowledge in your head, but you also have the experience to know how to actually utilize that. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. I mean, you, you mentioned a few things there in terms of um, uh, probably like in terms of the community. Um, I was I was you know speaking to someone a, a few days ago, and they were they were saying basically the same thing is like you know as a sales you know even even if you're like sales cloud consultant or, or service cloud consultant. Salesforce are pushing things out there at, at such a rate that you can't actually have everything in your back pocket and knowing everything. Um, so there, literally, there's no shame to say, I can find out, you know, I can, I, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. Because at the point that you know kind of a framework of, of things, then you're, you'll be able to, to troubleshoot that um, quite, uh, quite easily. Um, and I think, I think in terms of the, the content that is out there, you are correct. There, there's so much, there's so much. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking the fact that with, with, I think with the trailblaze or a trailhead live or something right now, they basically started engaging with those creators to, to create content in there. And I think, I mean, I'm not exactly sure, but, um, the amount of stuff that is, is there, especially the, um, you know, the implementation guides from Salesforce, not sure if you stumbled, you must've stumbled upon them. It's like, you know, they, uh, I was, I was reading, my first single sign-on, my first single sign-on implementation, um, they, they had a locally hosted um, Active Directory. Um, and, and I mean, that is, I didn't even know. I mean, I always used login with Facebook or something mm -hmm. like that on a website, but I didn't really understand, okay, so this is, this is kind of the single sign-on. This is how it works and all that. I, I never did that. But anyway, I'm on this, and I'm like, well, I'm going to find it on, on Salesforce anyway. Um, and uh, I download this guide. It has about 85 pages. And I'm thinking, like, do I really need this? And then you kind of, when you start reading through it, it says, well, only do step 7 to 12 in case you have this. I'm like, I'm not sure if I have that. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to follow up on, because, um, you know, we mentioned kind of certifications, you know, you kind of mentioned how do you, how do you approach with that? Um, and what I wanted to kind of, again, kind of trying to, trying to understand from, from your point is as a 
um, as a, let's just say, as an administrator somewhere, you know, they're working and they're starting or they're planning to, to get into consulting or they're trying to make this, uh, this jump. If we take, if we take apart the, um, I guess, personal preferences, because some people want a very, I'll just say more relaxed, um, you know, not so fast that type of job. And, and some people need the thrill, basically, you know, they, they need, they need that, um, uh, they need that approach. But if we take that aside is in case you were to provide some type of advice for people to, um, you know, to make a decision around that, you know, should I get into consulting? What should I consider uh, advantages, disadvantages, that type of thing? How, how would you, how would you try to explain that to someone? That's a really good question. Um, it was actually something that I was thinking a lot before going into consulting because, you know, if you've done your research and your due diligence, there's a lot of stories out there, both good and both bad, about consulting. Um, you know, if you, if you visit Salesforce subreddit, there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of interesting stories there, um, and some of that has been true, some of that has not, um, and I think. It really depends on uh, also what sort of consultancy you work for, right? Like any job, uh, there's always great companies who really take care of the employees, and there's also ones that are not so great. Um, so that's always going to be a, a, a variable factor that you can't really control. Um, but I would say for me, there, uh, you know, when it came to my kind of pro cons list, and I actually had one when I was when I was deciding if I want to go into consultancy, right? I wrote down my pros for working for an end user pros for working for a consultancy and kind of compared the two. Um, for me, it came down to um, the, the speed of learning um, and kind of focusing on where, where do I want to be in the next two, three years, right? Um, and how do I get there? Uh, like I mentioned before, my goal has always been to um, go into architecture and uh, become a solution architect at some point. The best way for me to achieve that uh, was, I, I knew straight away that it was to have a, a lot of experience uh, with different uh, with different clients, um, you know, experience project managing, experience being a, a business analyst. And again, there's multiple ways to achieve that, right? Um, you, you could get a job as a business analyst at an end user, as a project manager at another end user, or kind of progress as you go. Um, but for me, the, the biggest disadvantage of um, kind of staying where I was, was just the, the, the rate of learning. Even though I was getting certified, I think in, in that one job, I got like five certifications through the time of like 11 months or something like that, which was really speedy growth. And the reason for that was because I was just bored at work, right? <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't uh, being stimulated like the way that I wanted to be. It wasn't challenging me. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the times um, to pass the time, I would, I would be studying, right? I would, I would do trailhead to increase my knowledge. And some of that was great because Things like I remember doing a, a, a trailhead on Einstein Analytics, and we actually had Pardot, which came with a free license for Einstein Analytics. And I saw that I read up on it, and I went to my manager and I saw, oh, did you know about this? You know these great features? I kind of prepared a dashboard to show them, um, and I showed it to them. They loved it, uh, and we actually ended up uh, implementing Einstein Analytics because of that, which was really great, right? So not to say that for an end user, uh, you know, they're not going to uh, kind of take those suggestions, and and you can't progress with that. You definitely can. Um, but you're usually more limited in terms of resources, right? Um, if you want to look into things like, um, you know, DocuSign or kind of any other integrations, um, if your company isn't using it, how can you get experience on that, right? You can you can look at YouTube videos and so on, uh, but there's only so much that that can help you. 
So for me, um, again, the biggest decision was uh, just because I, I wanted to get that experience. I wanted to work with many different clients. Now, the disadvantage of going into consultancy, um, which was, I was kind of expecting, uh, expecting it. And so I think, again, it's important to do your research. Um, it's mostly time management. It's, it's most of the disadvantages when you speak with other consultants, it's about time and how do you manage your time at home and kind of your family time with your, your work, like what's the work-life balance like? And, you know, as a consultant, it's definitely not nine to five, <laughs> right? It doesn't matter what your consultancy advertises, it's never gonna be nine to five because you always have clients uh, in different parts of the world, right? You could be getting emails at 2 a.m. Uh, or, you know, 8 p.m. while you're watching a TV and sometimes you just can't help yourself but to, you know, go over to your phone and answer that, that short email. And it doesn't seem like a lot to you, but you're sort of constantly thinking about projects and constantly thinking about work and uh, it can be quite difficult to unwind. Uh, and that's this disadvantage, right? You're learning a lot, you're picking up really great skills, uh, but it can be a, a bit more stressful. Uh, it can be a bit more of an impact on your work-life balance. Um, and so I think it's important to manage that. Uh, but as long as you come in with those expectations and have a plan how to deal with that, um, I think it's mostly positive. And I think the positives definitely outweigh the, the negatives. How important would the, the relationship with Salesforce uh, would be, you know, in terms of potentially them recommending you, um, you guys on some projects. Cause I, I do know, I mean, um, in terms of my experience, like I said, I've, I've done a lot of work in like central government mm -hmm. or local government, that, that type of thing. So, um, I do know that, you know, those guys would always engage with us because, you know, that's, that's, that's what they cover. Uh, and they're always excited about, oh, you're implementing Salesforce in, in that council or in that local government. So, um, We've never done it. You know, we're going to support you guys. And I was going to say, what's the relationship uh, on, on, on your side with that? So that's, that's probably from like a, a let's just say, kind of a, a business point of view, uh, mm -hmm. in case you have some insight around that. And secondly, probably to, to you know, you specifically um, in terms of, um, you know, what, what's, what's your feel about Salesforce in a way? Do you think, uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the way I think about it is, I, I've I've stumbled upon a bunch of people and, and you know, I don't know, five out of five will say that if they were to have the chance to actually go and work for Salesforce, they will take it, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, even though they're working in the in the in the industry, they're consultants or admins or devs. But if they were to want to make a change, they would probably, you know, get get that type of change. So I was going to say from from your point of view. Um, how do you, how do you, I don't know, do you get excited about these world tours or, or Dreamforce? You know, what, what's, what's kind of your take around that? Um, yeah, so I think Salesforce as a, as a whole, um, when you're a partner, you are quite um, reliant on Salesforce, right? Because um, as, a consult, as a consultancy, uh, as a Salesforce partner, uh, a lot of your leads will come from Salesforce, right? They, they will be the ones who clients go to. Uh, they buy the licenses and all of a sudden they need someone to implement it, right? It's, uh, it, it's not often that someone will buy the, buy the Salesforce license and they already have an admin on board who can implement Salesforce for them, right? That uh, that's, uh, doesn't necessarily always happen. A lot of the time it gets uh, you know, outsourced to, uh, to partners, to consultancies to go come in and do that. And then after that, um, after that is when the, the company would you know, go ahead and hire someone to maintain the system for them. Um, 
And so I think the relationship with Salesforce is always, for any partner, is always going to be really important, right? Uh, because that's your, it's kind of like you don't want to buy the hand that feeds you. Uh, <laughs> and so it's really important to have a, a good relationship. But I think more than that, it, it's just important to um, also have similar values, right? So Salesforce, uh, as you know, you know uh, they are seen as a, as a, uh, you know, a great place to work for. You know, they've been nominated for many rewards uh, for multiple years running, uh, and so kind of being a consultancy who has the same values and and takes care of people, right? And having that uh, people first approach, I think, is very important. And I'm lucky to work for in a, in a place where that's the case. Um, and so for me personally. Talking about going into the mothership, as people like to call it, <laughs> uh, you know, are you are, are you excited about that? Um, for me personally, uh, I don't. I'm not sort of aiming for that, right? I, I'm not kind of not like I can I can't wait to to go into the mothership and yeah. sip some Kool Aid. Um, you know, I'm very happy where I'm at, and I think um, again this. Uh, I, this is probably something that kind of differs from person to person and where they work. Uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be in a place where uh, they have very similar ideologies uh, with Salesforce themselves. You know, people are valued. And so I'm quite happy uh, where I'm at uh, in terms of when it comes to, you know, kind of uh, looking at the next two, three years and looking at kind of being an architect and going into more enterprise projects. Again, I, you know, I don't know where life will take me. It will see. I, I will kind of see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really kind of, uh, can't wait for the mothership yeah, to, to kind yeah. of take me in. I don't have that sort of. Yeah, sort of yeah. No, it is. A, it, 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 it's kind of strange because uh, it's, you know, the, the community is so tight. Um, you know, you have end users, you have consultants, you know, the, the partners as, as ISV, then you have the, you know, the, the Salesforce themselves. And if you were to mix everyone in a room, you're not going to know who's who, basically, because everyone is kind of so so tied together. Um, last question I was going to ask, kind of uh, in terms of kind of the more probably project orientated or implementation implementation orientated, is kind of uh, something you mentioned um, you mentioned briefly in terms of potentially using like DocuSign and and all of that. And what I was kind of trying to to understand is from your experience, what type of what type of apps, um, or what's what's kind of the ratio of org to app, if it makes sense, um, based on based on these implementations, um, such mm -hmm. as you know, because you'll probably get a a you know a set of requirements, you drop an object model, you you create all the relationships that need to exist, um, and what I'm trying to understand. How often do you pair that with a with a with an app exchange um, application or potentially with an API to a different? I guess the APIs would be in case the client needs to see the data in a different system. Uh, I can you know that that's probably outside of the, the the question, but it's it's the relationship with the apps. I'm trying to understand. So what's kind of the ratio there? What types of, and what types of applications have you actually paired with um, mm -hmm. your your implementations? Yeah, no, that's a, a good question. I think. The big thing, um, the big appeal of Salesforce is the fact that they have such a vast, uh, really vast offering of, of third-party applications. And I think um, that gives them a, a big advantage in the ecosystem altogether when you look at other CRMs, right? Instead of having to accomplish, uh, kind of having to develop all these tools themselves, which is, would be impossible, right? You have kind of, as you go from market to market, there's all these different needs that open up and all these different um, solutions that everyone needs. And so kind of, managing that I think would almost be impossible. Um, and so 
I, I see App Exchange as a as a really great uh, offering that that we get to a Salesforce, and uh, it's very important to use that efficiently. However, right, you don't. Um, I, I mean, I've had kind of horror stories from other consultants where they said, you know, they go into an organization and it's like they haven't made any customization customizations all standard, but then there's 20 managed packages installed uh, from App Exchange, like left, right, and center. Every time someone needed a change, they just went and found something on the App Exchange. So it's one of those things where, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. You have to be um, very careful what you're installing and, and when, when, when that's necessary. Um, I think, you know, we hear these, um, these kind of key apps quite often, you know, things like Conga, DocuSign, um, and then kind of integration partners like, you know, MuleSoft, Jitterbit, um, thrown about quite a bit. Um, but from my personal experience, um, I would say I've I've had more implementations with App Exchange uh, solutions than without, um, and that's probably because again we work in 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 a vertical where it's quite um, it's quite specialized, right? So at that point you have two options, right? You can either develop it yourself, or um, you can just pay for a, an App Exchange application, or sometimes get it for free where someone has already done the work for you. Um, and a lot of the times, that's actually something that the client makes, right? Sometimes you can make those um, um, suggestions, but all of the time you'll see that clients actually do their own due diligence and they already have a good idea in mind of, uh, you know, what applications they want to use. Uh, maybe they've, you know, gone to World Tour or something like that and they saw a stand uh, and, and, you know, they've been kind of pitched that solution and they're happy with it. And so they'll, you know, contact you to kind of work with the, the, the partner to implement it, um, which... Yeah, I've never really personally had to suggest a client to install an application. It's usually the other way around, right? They, they want us to come in and install it for them because they've already thought it through um, and, and it's a good solution for them. Um, but yeah, as I said, I think it's uh, as a consultant, the biggest thing that as consultants we need to um, sort of keep in mind is that we're the ones who should be recommending best practice, right? We're, we're, the, we're the experts in the room. And so it's important that if you ever do have a client who you know wants you to install an app exchange application or something like that, uh, that's not needed. Um, then it's it's you know it's up to you to call that out and 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 offer alternatives, uh, and also the other way around, right? If if someone wants you to uh, introduce a solution that's going to take you know a lot of effort to develop, like uh, I've, I've heard of in the past, someone wanting a custom CPQ solution, right? <laughs> if you want to do that, that's going to take you a really, really long amount of, uh, long amount of time and it's going to be really difficult to maintain. So why do that when there's already a, a great offering out there, right? Uh, it, it's just more efficient. And at the end of the day, you're helping your client and, and you're saving time for them. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, last point from my side um, in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, you know what what we kind of covered here today is probably say first of all thank you for your time um and in case there's anything uh anything else that you wanted to kind of you know share um you know kind of as a as a summary type uh, as a summary type set of advice either for people that think uh, uh you know they would want to get into consultancies or consultants, they are kind of debating if they should, you know, try to climb the ladder in terms of, you know, architects or trying to, to, you know, look, uh, look at the upper side of the, um, I guess, the pyramid in terms of specialities. Um, and additionally to that, um, if if you want to share where people can can find you and uh, underneath what kind of username and all of that, LinkedIn, Twitter, in case you're you're a user 
of that, you, you can you can also also you know do a shout out there if if that's okay. Yeah, no, of course. I think my summary would kind of be. Um, I know there's a lot of people who uh, get quite almost like I would I would say anxious when it comes to consultancy. Uh, and as I said, it, it probably doesn't help that there's a lot of horror stories out there. Um, but my approach has always been, you know, uh, Salesforce has such a vast ecosystem and there's so much opportunity there uh, that it really doesn't hurt to try something, you know, and if it doesn't work out, um, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for you out there. We're, we're very lucky to be part of um, of kind of the, uh, such such a booming market, um, even during these these tough times, you know, there's uh, there's still a lot of opportunities out there. Um, and so I, I think for me personally, you know, the decision that I made to become a consultant made a lot of sense, right? I looked at uh, what I want to achieve, how do I get there, what can consultancy offer me, and all of those just, uh, mat- you know, it just so happens that it all matched and it worked out great for me. Uh, but again, it's a very personal thing. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's there's pluses and minuses to, uh, to, to either situation, um, but I, I would definitely encourage anyone who uh, wants to learn more and kind of develop their skills to consider consulting because it is, you know, as far as far as I've, from my experience, is the fastest way to learn, that, that's for sure, uh, just because of how much hands-on experience you get. Um, but yeah, in, t- in terms of uh, kind of shout outs uh, to myself, <laughs> um, you know, you can find me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I think we'll, uh, there'll probably be a, a link somewhere. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I am also considering of starting a, a YouTube channel at some point. I've kind of pre-recorded some some tutorials and things like that. Um, uh, you know, I love I love using Flow, and I noticed that a lot of consultants and admins haven't been adapting uh, flows that uh, that quickly. And you know, with especially the new uh, the new Summer 20 update coming out, where flows can trigger themselves, I think it's definitely a, a way that Flow will be the the new way, right? Process Builder is kind of being replaced more and more each release. I think it's very important um, as an admin or as a consultant to make sure you keep your skill uh, your skills sharp um, and kind of you know follow the pattern and, and follow what Salesforce is doing, and so that's that's what my uh, YouTube channel will be focused on. Thank you for listening to the SFDC Consultant podcast. Be sure to visit sfdcconsultant.com to access the show notes and discover additional content. If you enjoyed the podcast, it would be amazing if you could subscribe, give us a review, and share it with your peers. Until next time, take care.